Uh, okay, Kate. So you've got all the sponsors dialed in. They're listening to today's show. I do. We've got a double header today. A double header of in what regard? Wheel of misfortune. Oh. Did Merksy approve it? He'll be on board. He will be on board. Yep. Hello, Merksy. <laughs> I just want to say I can't wait to go to the town of Alula. Alula. Yes, that's on there too. Oh, good. That is, but I can, <laughs> I can confirm it's not in the misfortune pile. It's okay. Well, I you're have doing another well. segment idea, but I, I might just drop that in as we go. Okay, doing well to avoid the wheel of misfortune. <laughs> uh, but look, for it's now, lives to start another day. It's a wheelhouse podcast. It's easily digestible. It's barely factual. <laughs> it's mostly, mostly factual. factual. <laughs> We do de- deal in a fair deal of facts uh, here on The Wheelhouse. It's episode 68, just like that. Catherine Bates, yeah. Olympian world champion, superstar of Australian sport and television. Good evening. <laughs> Good afternoon. And currently um, in the mix for world coffee drinking champion. Yeah, I saw you had a can uh, of coffee before. I did. Oh, interesting. That's a, that's a bit embarrassing, isn't it? Now, I started the day, actually, Merxy and I uh, met... Bron Victor, yep. who we spoke about on last week's Sisters show, of the Saddle. Sisters of the Saddle, yeah. and I can confirm that they're pushing up to the four hundred grand mark. Oh my god! Fundraising this year, amazing. so that was pretty good. What an incredible effort that has been, and that that's that's gone up really quickly. It has. Really I really bookended quickly. the day with coffee. Yeah. <laughs> this morning's wasn't in a can. I can confirm that. Too. It was in a mug. <laughs> it was in a okay, mug. Okay, very yeah. good. Uh, today, sport watching the sport watching stress test. Which sport? stresses people out the most you're going to find out you might be surprised you might be like yeah no shit we'll we'll see very soon protests and their place in world sport that's another hot topic that we will touch on as well and of course the wheel of misfortune continues to spin malevolently right here on the wheelhouse (laughs) podcast but let's start with a little bit of news now that we have our new tv studio kate would you like a lead-in for your like a bit of news music before you get started on the first news item of the day sure it's news of the day on the Wheelhouse Podcast with Katerina Bartes. I like that. It, you couldn't hear me jiggling around, but yeah. I was doing a little dance to match that beautiful intro. Wild gesturing. Well, yes, Merxy and I took a little wondrous trip in our imagination today to Alula. Um, in a Jayco caravan. You, you you're kidding me. Here? You actually went to Alula because I was, was going to say, yeah, okay, great. <laughs> no, because news today, this is the big news, yeah. Joel, is that Luke Plapp, Plappy as we like we to love call him, Plappy on one the show. half of the Plapp and Boff Madison pair, Yeah, he's coming home. He's coming home? In a Jayco via okay. Alula. <laughs> he's, he's back with the Aussie team. That's what I'm... He's, okay. He's skipped out on the poms. He said... Ciao to Jim Radcliffe, yeah. Sir Jim Radcliffe Sir Jim, over yeah. at uh, Ineos. Yep. And he's, he's coming back down under. That's fantastic. It's very exciting. He had a year left on his contract. Uh, he's signed for four years now with Jacob Alula, but he did have a year left at Ineos. Why did they mutually agree to dissolve it? Ooh, I reckon there's a Netflix doco in that. Okay. But I do believe that he made it very clear his intention that he wanted to return to the Aussie team. And they felt that the best way to do that was not wait until he was at the end of another year with Ineos. Yep. But he clearly had desires to return back down under. And so they said, off you go. Little pat on the bum. Okay. They gave him a pat on the bum on his way out. That, in my mind, okay. that's what I imagine. And, and, off uh, you go, chap. 
Faith that from Jayco really four years as well. That's yeah, a good that's investment. Yep. Well, now and now that we've got we've got Michael Matthews, we've got Caleb Ewan, yep. we've got Plappy. Like, it feels like a bit of a homecoming. We got Bling. Yeah. We got Plappy. We got yeah, but why are we speaking in a British accent? We got K-U. when they're the Aussies. Yeah, fair call, fair call. <laughs> but I've got a name for the uh, doco. Oh. The plap trap. The plap trap. Yeah, I like that. You can have that one. Mm. Okay. Well, his lady is uh, Georgia Baker. She rides for the ladies. Of course. Uh, team, power couple heading to Paris next year. Both seeking gold medals on the track. So I think that the Jayco Alula live uh, environment allows them to maybe focus a bit more on the Paris Olympics. Great. And have the freedom to do that. So I, I reckon there's probably some underlying. Things, motivations, yeah, in look, there too. I, that's good. It, it's it, it it feels weird, but it's good for Australia. It's legitimately good for it Australia. It is legitimately good for Australia. You know what else is legitimately good for Australia? Australia. Oh, go on, Mark Renshaw. Yeah, Rennie. He's uh, he's back at Astana as a director with his boy. With his boy, with Mark. his boy, Mark Squared. <laughs> oh, okay. Mark and Mark are back. <laughs> you speculated they, uh, on this. I did. I mean, they had a little reunion at the tour. Yeah. For a month, a little French sojourn. Is that yeah. how we say it? Yes. Sojourn. 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 I don't know. That. Sojourn. Um, a little summer holiday yeah, a together. Break. And uh, Vinokurov, who is the big boss at Astana, just said it's not just his sprint now. It's like he's really good for the team. He's really great at strategy and he's great to have around. Amazing. We love the Red so Dog. We do. And look, shout out to his family too because yeah. they moved back from Europe uh, out to Bathurst, have the bike shop out there. He's got young kids. Um, so he's got an incredibly supportive family to support him to go back um, and do a big trip in Europe. So, you know, right. teamwork makes the dream work. But I'm just – we've got M squared. We do have M squared and now I've got two ticks saying good for Australia and good for Australia good for as Australia. well. And I'm also yeah. going to say uh, credit where it's due to you for a bit of Oracle work on both Cav not giving it up and Renshaw and Cav somehow inevitably finding their way oh, back together. It's one of those love stories, enduring love stories. Yeah. Like Merxy and I, Joel. It's, it's exactly like that. That's the example I was going to use. Merxy. Speaking of. If Cav breaks the record, right? If. Yeah, well, probably won't. But if he does, <laughs> the last stage is not into Paris, right? No, it's like, into Nice. It's into Nice. Yeah. But nice. Would he, would he finish or would he just pack up and go watch the rest on the TV? Oh, you mean if he oh. wins early on? Yeah, if he breaks the record early on. How interesting is oh, that? Right. Well, if he breaks it before things start to get vertical... <laughs> I don't know. You know what I'm saying? I mean, bail. I would like him to break the record before he breaks his collarbone. That's all I'm look, saying. Look, that's fair. Yeah, and then yeah. what he what he chooses to do with the rest of his French summer holiday, I think, is up to him. <laughs> all the cat fans just turned off. Yes. I'm so wondering about that though, from a team perspective. Are you a little bit like, come on, dude, really? Or are you just like, no, nah, good on you, Cav. Well done. You just ditch us all all sweet by us. Uh, you know, it's. It will be interesting, actually, because the sprinters, like, winning on the Champs-Élysées, I think it's huge. a lot of them hold on for that moment. Yeah. Without that moment, meh, I don't know. You don't think it would be nice to finish in Nice? Oh, I think it would be amazing to finish in Nice. It would yeah. be so nice. Okay. Merci. Uh, sorry, I just thought Kate missed your gag there, and I wanted to say <laughs> it's very funny. 
Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. I think I, you did. I work hard for this could you, uh, appreciation. Could you get me another can of coffee, please? You need another Somebody. can of coffee, basically. We do. Um, while we're talking directors, Carmen Small is leaving Yumbo. Yep. And she's headed over to EF Education first. Uh, I used to race with her. Uh, and she was always such an incredible strategist and motivator. And it's really great to see uh, that there's a lot more opportunities for the female directors mm. uh, now as well, that they're getting poached from one team to the other. Like, I think that's a really healthy playground for them sure to be is. in. So um, that'll be that'll be good for EF. I mean, look, they started the year with a bang winning Paris-Roubaix with Ali Jackson. So what can they do next year? We have to watch this space. You'll have to watch (laughs) this space. Watch this space. Uh, So we have some other news uh, on the Wheelhouse podcast coming to you from our brand new mystery bunker in an undisclosed location north of Siberia. So (laughs) the Champions League. Now, you're a little bit excited. I've got a note here about Richo. We love Matty Richo. Mm. He's got a bit of a potty mouth, though. (laughs) Well... In the overall standings, he's coming second to Harry Lavrason, yeah. uh, the Dutch prodigy, but he beat him at the last round and he wanted everybody to know that he was pretty excited about that. I'd be excited about and that. And he used some flowery language to get his point across in a, you know, in a good way, not swearing at someone, just, you know, a few F-bombs got dropped. They okay. beeped him out. Oh, they did beep yeah, him out? Yeah, they did beep Can him you, out. Do you remember what he said? Like without, you know, we, we don't swear on this show, but like no, a, a uh, Merxy, can we get you to pipe in here? He said down the barrel of the lens, I'm king back. Oh, well, that's awesome. Yeah. That's a swept up in the moment. How good is that? Yeah. Yeah. And, and look, you just know. so you and the fans know, Joel, I'm <laughs> back too. Here I am. I'm You're back. also back? Yeah. Are you talking about a comeback? <laughs> no. No, I mean, I'm back here for another week. In the bunker? Yeah. Was there was there some doubt as to that happening? Well, no, but I'm just stating the fact. I'm, that I'm, I'm back. back. Well, in that case, I'm back too. <laughs> Merxy, you're also back, right? I'm My back gags getting are f- Kate's extra coffee. My gags are falling. No, no, today. I think we are all back. Uh, we're all f***ing back here on the Wheelhouse podcast and we're having a great time of it. So, no, that's but fantastic. Yes, oh, look, I am getting excited about Champions League track. I don't think it gets enough coverage. You'll always hear me bagging on yeah. uh, about, oh, Merxy has just wandered in with the uh, Thank you, Merxie. with a can of There's coffee. a can of coffee. Oh, I'm a happy girl. It looks after Oh, us. now I'm going to talk about Champions League track even faster now yeah. that I have another can of coffee to digest on. <laughs> Get yourself a coffee, boss. It's literally called coffee. He's like, anyway. I love Champions League track. I'm like, I know you do. He's like, no, you don't get it, Joel. I love <laughs> Champions is. League track. Uh, Katie Archbold is uh, absolutely slaying it in the women's endurance side. Dylan Bybeck in the men's. Maddie Richardson is up to second now overall uh, in the men's sprint. Elise Andrews from New Zealand is topping the women's sprint at the moment. For all intents and purposes, we don't have an Aussie in the women's sprint. Mm-hmm. We're going to claim Elise Andrews. Okay. Her yeah. dad was the Queensland coach for a while in sprint cycling. That's a close enough association, right? I'd say it's a 100%. Let's yes. take it. That'll do. We've, we've adopted for less. Yes. Put it that way. Hello, Merxy. <laughs> Why is there no Aussie woman in the, in the sprint? What's going on? That's that was my good, next question. That yeah. is a good question. I think without having confirmation, I'm pretty sure it's to do with uh, the athletes preparing how they need to for Paris. And the travel is quite different for the Australians than it is for the Europeans. So 
most of the sprinters are back in Australia doing their thing, really targeted approach. Uh, for Richard, it's a bit different because he's got the goods, mm-hmm. but he needs a little bit more racing. So it's almost like his physicality and his speed is ahead of his strategy and he needs some more time with the the racing element and doing the cat and mouse and figuring that out. And I think that what we saw with his delightful um, verbal confirmation that he's back yeah. is that he needs it from a confidence point of view too. So some athletes like to race a lot. Some athletes like to train, train, train and just prepare to put the number on a, a few times. So, yeah, I mean, in the meantime, claim the Kiwis, right? Yeah, 100%. Default. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Not the first time. God defend Australia. Uh, <laughs> yes. No, I, I, I'm interested in that as balance, though, because getting that right, you know, all things Paris, it's sort of, there's been indications recently that that has been the, the shifted focus, but mm. getting that right and making sure that you're not underdoing yourself must be a pretty tricky juggling act. We're on the uh, green and gold pathway now, Joel. We are. This is the to runway. Paris? Well, we I, are. you know what? We you really know who? Are. I reckon. Um, I got an idea for someone who might be able to give us some insight. Oh, you're going to make a call. Yeah. Beep, 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 beep. Hey, hello, Joel from the Wheelhouse Podcast. Is Catherine Bates available at all? Great, thank you. And hey, Kate. <laughs> it's Joel. Hello. Hello. Hi. Oh, oh hi. hello. How are you going? I didn't expect you. I was just cracked open a can of coffee. Can of coffee. No, okay. I'm sorry to bother you on the spot. I just wanted to ask you quickly about Olympic preparation mm. and when it's a good time to sort of really take your foot off the gas and really sort of channel your energy toward that Paris Olympics or wherever the Olympics mm. happen to be. Mm. Um, or if you need to sort of keep the load up and, you know, really, really hit it with that with that, that wind at your back. Mm. Well, you know the old saying, like, you learn from your failures? Yes. I, that was my, that's my Olympics summed up. Oh. <laughs> A lot of learning insofar as I didn't get the timing right for the preparation for any of it. Okay. And... I really, really noticed the week before I was absolutely flying and come race day, it just didn't quite come together. And every time you have a big event or every time you have a cycle like that, you do get better at being able to time your run in and Mm. change different things. They've evolved so much now. They have so much data and they know so much about the athletes that they are able to really tailor it to each athlete a lot more specifically. And that's why someone like Richo, you know that he needs more racing some of them, they need more time in the gym to do that uh, real big strength base. Yeah. And then for the road riders who are also doing track, it's another balance again. But it's a delicate balance. Yeah. And it, and it can you can very easily – because there's a very fine line between the best form of your life and falling off a cliff. And so if you hit form re- early in the, in the lead-in, the coaches are often very, very careful with you because they don't want to tip you over yeah. that that form cliff and that happens. And it, it's quite different to what a lot of the athletes are used to in cycling because it's such a long season. So they have a lot of peaks, but they very rarely peak for one day or one week, even for the tour. They're peaking for three weeks. They often come in a bit underdone and peak by the end. So actually Olympics is pretty special in that regard that's 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 genuinely fascinating mm. I'm, I'm completely serious but that i think that idea of an emotional athlete too because i think that's part of it when you're talking about plappy with them fucking back oh yeah if you're training if your peak you know what I mean? if you're not 100 percent happy with your training like on the eve of the games are you then carrying that mindset 100 oh, you are you are yes yeah, and okay. plappy 
at the last Commonwealth Games, here's a really great example for him. He chose to ride a single chain ring in the time trial. Yep. And I was commentating with Scott McGrory and when I realised he was on the single chain ring, I said it in commentary, I don't know why he's made – this is an unusual decision to me to make. It's risky because it saves some weight uh, and – but it's so easy to drop your chain and on an uneven road surface and that's what happened. He ended up dropping his chain. They hadn't been able to test it properly and the decision was made essentially because he was a little bit nervous because he was one of the pre-race favourites and he decided that that's something that was quite important to him but it was ultimately not really the right decision. Yeah, yeah. And they didn't have the time and the lead in to be able to have the conversations about it and have the comfort about it. So those little things, I mean, in my mind, that cost him a gold medal there. Wow. And so it it is important and a lot of it does come down to, oh, I just feel this is right, this is sentiment, this is what I want to do. And I think the more you take emotion out of it, the better mm -hmm. until the day. Put the emotion in on the day to yep. bring that mongrel out. But in the lead-in, I think it has to be very controlled and calculated. Don't let it, don't let it scramble you. Don't no. let it sort of, okay, that's No, I mean, you've got to scramble an egg to make an omelette. But yeah. do the scrambling before, have the omelette ready, yep. add the salt on the top on race day. Do you like the analogy? I, you're on fire, <laughs> Catherine. Hello, Merxy. <laughs> what about mushrooms? Do you have mushrooms? Mushies as well. omelette? Yeah. Oh. It's a good question, yeah. You know, I'm a bit a off mushroom. the mushrooms at the moment. Shallots? Uh, shallots, Oh, you're yes. off the mushrooms because of the Agatha Christie mystery am, that's I unfolding. Am. You know, I love <laughs> true crime. Sorry. It is not funny, but no. I love true crime. Yeah. The the podcast I digest, pardon the pun, Other oh my than gosh. the wheelhouse cycling, of course. Uh, yeah. Very much true crime. And a lot of my girlfriends, like, use it to calm themselves down. It, anyway, uh, okay. it is. It's true. Yeah. But... Everybody's just saying they can't wait till this episode comes out. Like they, they want to know all the details. Yeah. Anyway, apparently my mother who's in the uh, agriculture, horticulture space says that mushrooms, the mushroom market has not bounced back. Oh. So there we go. No Maybe we need, do anymore. need to put them in our omelettes. Yeah. Look, no, really interesting <laughs> insight uh, there. I, I just, I love that, that timing being everything and the, the emotion, the scramble, the, oh, shit, I can't do it on this, so I have to make a decision and change the way I usually do things at the last minute and then yep, shit none goes of that. awry. Okay. No. This is the Wheelhouse Podcast. We're talking about eggs, omelettes, mushrooms, and bikes on today's episode. Now, uh, you're having a lovely tot there. I've also got a tot over a here. Tot. So I thought, what a great way to segue into talking about the tot, the tot, which is underway. Yes, a spot of tot. A spot on the tot yes. on the Wheelhouse podcast. <laughs> I refer, of course, to the tour of Tasmania. Now, yes. we, we got almost irrationally excited about this this event last week. It's the oh, apple in the it. eye and all of that. We it had is. all those amazing jokes yeah. about it. Uh, is it living up to, to our lofty, well, there's lofty only, expectations? Well, there's only been a... There's not a lot. Not a lot of tot, tot. Yacht? Okay. Uh, yacht, yes. At time of recording, they're in the early stages of the race. That's uh, enough. That's enough so to far, know. so far, it's a pretty good field. The, the women start uh, later than the men, but um, in the men's, like the, the first, the opening time trial, uh, there was two tenths to break up first and second. Uh, that's, Max, a, that's enough to tell me that it's a pretty dramatic tot. It is. It is. Max Hobson um, won over Declan Trezise. So 
Point two. So watch this space. Watch for the tot. Watch out for the tot? Yep. Spot the tot. Spot the tot. We'll talk about the tot next week. We'll okay. see if we can get our NRS correspondent on the line. Oh, I love that. I've, I say our, I don't know who it is yet. Lance Armstrong, Merksy right? and I are working on it. I thought it was Lance. Sure. Okay, great. Yeah, because he's really into the Aussie yeah, domestic loves the cycling scene. If not him, Remco. Yeah. Oh, Big fan. He's uh, a fan. We'll work it out. Hi, now, that's a race that has some... A little bit of substance, a little bit at stake, something to ride for, essentially. Mm. Um, it's, you know, it's a competition. It's a competition. You can it's win. A, it's a tourney, uh, for sure. Uh, we've spoken about this before. Now, we've spoken about races that don't, races that are essentially exhibitions and, mm. uh, you know, showcases of the sport, but not exactly competitive. Uh, and you want to talk about this, and I want to talk about it as well. The crits are back. Um, now, you have a position on... This, I believe, that is – what's the point of a crit? What's the point? Yeah, a little bit. Well, yeah. so the the uh, <laughs> the ASO – and I'm laughing because on my show notes here, instead of ASO, I've written ATO. <laughs> the Australian Tax yeah. Office has a lot to say about <laughs> Look, I was doing our BAS earlier today. That's probably okay. why. But anyway, <laughs> okay. not the ATO. The ASO uh, puts it on in Japan. They do one in Singapore as well. And yeah. it's essentially just a road show – uh, with all the cyclists. Yeah. Um, small issue for me that they don't invite any of the ladies. Yeah. That, we that can park that for another agreed, day, but there yes. is that. Uh, but essentially they just roll them out. And this criterium, it was on a 3.3k circuit. I'm probably not surprised to know that Pogacar won. Oh, did he? Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Because um, it really suits him. Yeah. Uh, Outsprinted um, Kuss. Yep. In the final, um, they were down. in a break with three. Peter Sagan was up there too, but he got dropped. Oh, really? Yeah, but he hung on for third, and Cav. Oh wow, this is dramatic. The post, yeah, to get fourth. It's it almost sounds staged. Almost. Yeah. Now I know that in other sports we have exhibition games. Yes. Friendlies, if you will. Of course we do. But they're still played to win. Some of the best games ever are friendly. Some yeah. of the most competitive. There's nothing friendly about a friendly. But in, so in this football. isn't a friendly. Yeah. So other than the wrestling, is there any other sport? I couldn't think of any other sport that it's not just an exhibition. It's a staged exhibition. Mm. Like normally an exhibition sport, they're showing off the best of their sport and they're still competing hard. Interesting. Interesting. Mm. Circus acrobatics? I don't know. I mean, there's probably Cirque du Soleil. I love Cirque du Soleil. I do love that. They, yeah. There probably are a lot of fans yeah. who really don't care. They just want to see Pagatra and Froome and Cavendish in the flesh. Doing the business. Yeah. You know, like people turn up to watch the Brisbane Broncos train. Well, hopefully they'll come back. Everyone's still a bit sad about the grand final. But like, hey, look, look, if, I've got if a... Parramatta fans are still turning up to watch, I yeah. reckon the Broncos fans I have a uh, probably elongated and nonsensical line of thought on this. So I love that you use the example of the Brisbane Broncos. So the Brisbane Broncos are, until this year, a one-town team, one-team town, whatever you want to call it, with a massive membership base, an average home crowd of 40,000-plus that have a, a genuinely rusted-on fan base, as I say, a genuinely loyal uh, thick or thin, fair weather, bad weather fan base. Uh, it makes sense that people have elevated Brisbane to that sort of hero sort of status mm. and they want to see them in the flesh. They want to do that kind of thing. I don't think them going to watch them train is, is the NRL even needing to try and win over new people. 
if the Broncos were to go to a market that isn't saturated with rugby league and do a showcase game where they had, oh, look at that, oh, wow, Adam Reynolds has just miraculously scored a try to win the game with, I don't know, 5,000 defenders hanging off him. And, oh, you wouldn't see that in the NRL because it's clearly staged. I don't hate that as much because it's like if you're talking about Japan and you're trying to break into a market mm. and sort of build the sport there, mm. the non-inclusion of females notwithstanding because that's just – that's atrocious. But I can see a little bit of logic to it. As long as you have your figureheads, as long as you have your profiles, the guys should be girls, I'll say again, that are appearing on the covers of magazines, that are appearing in AI form in some weird circumstances, <laughs> yes. that are appearing in Netflix documentaries that are the faces of the sport. If they're there demonstrating, pressing flesh, meeting fans, having a chat and just showing a gentle example of how cool it can be, as long yeah. as the sport is doing enough to then say, if you like this, you wait till you get to check this out. I don't I don't mind it as much. So yeah. I don't think the Broncos in this instance are the – the Broncos in their hometown are the, are the comparison. Mm. Merksy? I love it. You I love crits or the Broncos? I love the crits. I love that you got Chris Froome taking yep. selfies with Peter Sagan, Tade yep. Pogaccia with Cav. They mix it up. You get to see and get up close to them, yep. autographs. Oh, I like I it. agree. It's a it's, it's a, fun. a shot into a new market and you have to go big. Uh, we, like, I love that we use the NRL as an example. They're going to Las Vegas. That's true. They're going to Las Vegas. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm swayed by that. Okay. I must say that's compelling. Did I just and Patrick I, Swayde you? Well, I just thought... That that's a circumstance where I would take the kids along to watch. Yeah. yeah. And it wouldn't be about who won or not. It would be look at what we're watching. Absolutely. So, okay, all right, I'm on board. Look who that is. Yeah. Is that the guy from that doco, whatever? Yeah, is and I'm actually pretty sure that a lot of people who go to the tour down under don't even know what happens at the end of the day. They're not even there. They're there to see them in the village or to watch them, yeah. but they it's not even about who wins. So, okay, all right. Well, when you're talking about athletes like Sagan Peter and Pog, uh, even even pretending to be good by them is still pretty good. So their, like, half pace we're only mucking around is still, uh, you know, still pretty impressive. 10 times the speed of a day cyclist. Mm. And, you know, it, it's still impressive. Uh, and obviously from a team's point of view, from a national point of view, as, as we've been talking about with certain showpiece events around the corner – they're not going to commit to these sort of things to a, a bone-rattling extent, but they need to commit to showcasing, promoting, selling the sport. And I will finish this little rant <laughs> by saying that the UCI and the bodies involved need to enhance this demonstration, this this showpiece and this come and check out our sport by including the whole sport and sending the girls along as well because we've seen some ridiculous performances uh, this year alone mm. in yeah. the women's send, peloton. Send the women along and I'm happy. Can you imagine Demi Lishan in the crit? Well, one, and one of the reasons I even bring it up is because imagine how much the fellows are being paid to go out and do this. To put, to promote the, yeah, the sport? Yeah, so yeah get of course. the women in on yeah. it. Yeah. So have we flipped you on crits? I think so. Merksy, I think, can you just make a note? I think that's the first time <laughs> we've ever flipped Kate on a on a point. But I'm here for it. 68 mm. episodes. Mm. Mostly factual. Mostly factual. <laughs> God, what did I say at the start? Barely factual. <laughs> Thanks, Mercy. Uh, okay, I don't mean to protest uh, your crit thing, but I do want to talk about protests. And geez, these segues just keep getting better. Uh, I'm going to put an egg timer on this one so we don't yep. get too gushy and righteous. So uh, basically we're talking about protesters at the UCI Worlds that they've been in court 
this week, a little bit after the event. That's how the court process works. This isn't a legal podcast. You can look that up <laughs> elsewhere. <laughs> it just does. So I guess the question is um, the way they went about these protests, and this is what I want to talk about, the way that you d decide to uh, basically hide and spring yourself out on a peloton and super glue your hands to tracks and that sort of thing. Well, and we know the details now. We do, yeah. Because they have been, and this is the actual word, admonished Ad <laughs> in court. That's very British, isn't bit it? admonished. Very British. Yeah. Uh, they hid in the bushes until the peloton was coming. They jumped out. They set off pink powder cannons. Oh, they love the powder super cannons. Super glued yeah. their, ha their hands to the ground, put a D-lock around their necks collectively. Keys got tossed into the grassy verge, I assume before they super glued their hands, and there they stayed. Mm -hmm. um, but it... <laughs> Merxy, uh, hang on, this is at Worlds, right? Yeah, this is at Worlds. Worlds. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And they were charged and admonished yeah. for disturbing the peace. So it does beg the question is, you know, what kind of civil disobedience or peace disturbance is tolerated in sport? Oh, I, I can't well, think of anyone better to answer this than Merxy. Well, I did hear that Matthew Van Der Poel sent them some brownies to say thank you. <laughs> <laughs> he ducked into a local farmhouse. That was that was very well done. Uh, we won't talk. Look that one up. Please, if you haven't heard about that one, look it up. It's worth checking I think it's the episode is called The Poo, The Shoe yeah. and something else. Yes, but it, look, it's been happening a little bit mm. uh, and we got the egg timer going, so we better stick to that. But Sorry, I still love you. The, some brownies, the, yes. Yes. This is rigged is who they were protesting for. Yeah, yeah. Oil, just oil. They came out at Wimbledon. Mm -hmm. Around the ashes mm -hmm. it came out as well. So Best thing Johnny Bairstow did all series. <laughs> Best Ouch. thing. No, we, let's be honest. <laughs> well, but the I mean the question is sport politics, can we divide them? Oh, look, okay. There is there is a lot to protest about going on in the world at the moment. Let's 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 look at there it that is. way. Potentially there's a lot of that I don't want to get into, you know, being, oh, it's, this is where they shall stand. On. It's not about that. I just think when you're doing things that are putting <laughs> a group at risk, so this is non-athlete mm -hmm. protest, this is the protesters that are currently in court. If you're doing something that risks, let's be honest, pretty serious injury, uh, widespread, yeah. to a, like let's talk about a peloton. We've seen pelotons come down, it's never pretty. And it's very rare that any rider, you know, comes out without at least a little bit of damage. And it can be very, 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 very severe. I think that that's quite irresponsible. And I like, I, I really respect the right and the need to have yourself heard and have that uh, that podium, if you want to call it, to to share your thoughts or your disdain on certain matters. But you have to find a way to do it. Uh, I think like maybe placards on the side of the road that are in shot of the cameras sure, or something rather sure. than... You know, gluing them rather than like, yeah, but like yes. risking hospitalizing a hundred people. Yes, well, basically. you know, I think since we're talking about safety and since we're talking about sensibility, really, aren't we talking about that? We are I'm sense and sensibility. <laughs> I'm going to segue aggressively uh, into a new segment that I am launching this week, um, Joel. <laughs> it's called "What Now." At the UCI. <laughs> da, 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 da. What do you think? Uh, yeah. Do you want me to keep the egg like timer that? going? Or do you want me to... You can keep the egg okay. timer going. We'll keep this quick. No, it's this week, in the UCI, every week, 
the 6.8 kilo bike rule. Mm. Right. So there is a rule that your bike must be weighed before a road race. It cannot weigh more than uh, less than 6.8 kilos. The rule was put in place uh, in order to maintain some kind of safety standards so they didn't get radical with bike designs and strip it back to carbon that was so light that the bikes would break. You know, essentially it was a bit of a safeguard around that. Yeah. And for a while it's been a bit of a non-issue because with the addition of disc brakes, even the lightest frames, the overall weight went up. Mm -hmm. So it was not really a big deal. But last year at the departure of the Tour de France, the average bike weight was 7.92 kilos. In 2023, it was 7.45 kilos. Uh So nearly half a kilo dropped because of tech. Not insignificant, yes. And so we're we're coming perilously close to the 6.8 kilo mark. Okay. And the UCI is not prepared to budge. They're not going to uh, budge. They're not going to budge. So right. in the past, before disc brakes, what we saw was people having to add weights, lead weights to their bike to make it heavy enough. And the UCI thinks that that is more sensible than getting rid of the uh, the weight limit. So that's that this week on What Now? What Now UCI. UCI? So they're basically looking at going, look at this user manual is already this thick. Do you yes. honestly think we want to rewrite it? Uh, look, Joel, it's Tech Reg uh, 1.3.019. Yes. The weight of the bicycle cannot be less than 6.8 kilograms. Why are you looking at your notes? I know that you have that mem- memorized. So <laughs> why, why are you doing Well, do I've been through the damn manual so <laughs> no, many times no, now, I know. Joel. But yeah, I mean, I feel like it's my place here each week to sift through the manual and find the next ridiculous uh, rule. I love that you do that. This is what you call about. a peaceful passive protest. Uh, we're is, currently protesting, yep. what is it, 1.3.019 <laughs> of the UCI manual, That's but correct. we're doing it from the sidelines. Exactly. We're doing it respectfully. And okay? safely, yep. I like it very much. Uh, now, Catherine Bates uh, on the Wheelhouse podcast. We've got sport and finance coming up, but before that... <laughs> It's the wheel of misfortune making a triumphant return after somehow eluding the careful editorial ears of Merxy last week. Catherine Bates has another instalment. Will it survive for another week? Catherine? I think it will. We've got a double header. Does Merxy know? No. No. You've got uh, two wheels of misfortune. Be tolerant. Yes, we do. Uh, firstly, the internet is melting down, be Joel. Tolerant. And with the internet melting down, uh, people are tossing their Apple Watches left, right and centre because what has happened is there's a glitch in the new update that it keeps auto-pausing. So they're connecting to Strava and they're going for a bike ride yeah. and their watch keeps auto-pausing. That's and annoying. when they get back from the ride, big chunks are missing. That's infuriating. Now, if you didn't, if it's not on Strava, did it even happen? That's the you know ultimate. No, if it's not, if you haven't drawn the rocket ship. No, so exactly. How do you draw a rocket ship with autopause? Exactly. Exactly. That would look like a circum. (laughs) Sorry, a a different (laughs) style of rocket ship. It would look like a different sort of rocket ship. The internet has enough to melt down about that. We don't need that anymore. My second wheel of misfortune this week is Daniel Dares. He was second uh, at the Tokyo Olympics in the BMX, the Venezuelan rider. He's known for his flamboyance. Uh, He's had a Barry Crocker this week, Joel. And he's fallen twice at the Pan Ams, which is a qualifying event 
uh, for the Olympics. Up against competition that ne- wouldn't necessarily. He, he make was him expected blink in to win. Yep, I yep. think that's the way we can put it. That's right. Uh, now, he planned on winning there, going on to Paris winning and then retiring. So, in his mind, he's had it all planned out. Didn't go to plan. Something's gone amiss. And uh, afterwards, he's told waiting media that he plans to go home and incinerate his bike. Oh. So we have a, a BMX bonfire. He's going to burn. Uh, he's going to burn his bike. Wrap up the wheel of misfortune. I think the unfortunate part there, the misfortune, is befalling the bike. Oh, they feel really sorry for the bike. Somebody, please think do. of the bike. I know. Uh, hang so on. So. Go. Did he? He said this in a like a press conference, in an interview. Yeah, afterwards. Yep. Wow. Talk about the highs and lows. So yeah. we got. We <laughs> he was a grumpy wombat. Oh God. Yep. We've got. I'm getting back, and then we've got. I know. We do. Burning my bike. I know. We do. One All makes one news. Episode. One makes wheel of misfortune. Yeah. So I think we're balancing it out pretty well here. Uh, I, I, I look. That was a. That was okay. Merksy, what did you think of the double hit wheel of misfortune? Ah, just give the people what they want, Joel, I suppose. <laughs> That's encouraging. I think I am. Yeah, we had two emails about it. <laughs> Thumbs up emojis. Yeah. One was a yeah. mailer, Damon. Yeah, the email you sent was addressed to the wrong Yeah, the other person. one was from Jude, her mum. Same. Love it, Kate. Love, Love it, Kate. you, darling. Proud of you, darling. Yeah. Where can I buy the board game? <laughs> Hey, that's Whoa. a great question. It's uh, a great idea. That'll be available in the Wheelhouse online store uh, within the next three years. Um, <laughs> now, I'm uh, you two stress me out so much. No, you don't. I love you both. But uh, I was watching lots of sport, let's mm. be honest. But the one that's got me this year is probably the uh, – I'll start in rugby league, the state of origin. Uh, it's always very stressful getting to the will they, won't they, until Queensland kick oh. ahead and win by 600 I'm points. I'm sorry. The uh, the overtime Matildas, Yeah. Oh. I was literally holding my breath and yeah, sheltering for, my eyes. The, just forget about that. That, that was, was stressful. Yeah, I think I'm pretty was. sure – I'm not the only one to have gotten some grey hairs from that Matildas campaign. Yeah, okay. Stressful. Ashes as well. I thought Australia, when they had to get those couple of wickets to, to win the bloody, just actually win the series mm. and they couldn't get the wickets. It was mm. doing my head in. Brisbane Broncos. Don't even get me started on the Brisbane Broncos. <laughs> uh, but anyway, some sports and the viewing of them can cause the viewer a, a fair degree of stress. Now, this is a really interesting Topic. It's a. You know what? It's a genuine off-season topic. This it is. Really it's a real. <laughs> this is a perfect off-season really topic. Getting into it's it. Like, yeah. It's, it's the season of stats and stress. So we're we're looking at a report. So there's been a survey uh, last month. So we're uh, right on it, of course. And uh, 1,249 US US-based sports fans uh, have basically said, you know, what are your favourite sports and what stresses you out when you're watching them and what, you know, how, basically. How do you manage stress when you're watching big sporting events? And 60% of respondents, again, 60% were male, so mm. stress heads, 39% female, 1% identified as non-binary, the average age 43.8. So a fair, like not a terrible mm. representation of a an armchair, dedicated armchair fan. And Catherine... You might be surprised. Well, you won't be because you already know. But those listening at home might be surprised by some of the sports that came out on top. I I was struck out when I found out the first one. You could not pitch it to me. I, I wouldn't. I would not buy you. I wouldn't. No. I go be like, go back to home base. There is no way 
that that is a thing. So I guess it's not cricket. There's it's no home uh, certainly not cricket, Catherine. <laughs> no, it's not. It is the sport of baseball, believe it, it or not. Baseball, I could, I don't know that I can actually see why that's so I stressful. Oh, that's I've been thing. trying to see why it would be so stressful, but some of the games are long. I mean, they're oh, they like go forever. test cricket games. Like you, it's not the action-packed nail-biting. Yeah. Like you can kind of see from a mile away what's going to happen or not not going to happen. I don't get. I get I, if there's any baseball fans, I might. I would get some love comments to know, and I, with full respect to baseball, I'd love to know. But I guess it's at the bottom of the ninth, one out. You know, one out. Renee, I don't even know how the sport works, but they they got le- basically one bat left and one pitch left, mm. and they have to score two runs to win. I don't know. Mercy has a thought. <laughs> it's going to be pretty stressful watching Jonas Vingegaard on the gravel at the tour. Oh, he's going to be pretty stressed. Yeah, you, I, I think, get um, that. You yep. and the family should put in for some knee pads and elbow pads for cousin Jonas. Oh, I Christmas. thought you were going to say should put in for some stress leave, and I was yeah, sure. all down for that. that well, too. <laughs> cycling fans, they were sixth on the list. Okay, and this isn't of all sports. We're just looking at the top ten. Like the fact that we made the top ten, it's huge. Yeah, yeah. I also reckon it's pretty good for cycling in the US. So I would not have thought. With 1,400 or 1,600 American sports fans, I wouldn't even have thought cycling would be that high. So I'm impressed with that. Um, But you're probably not too surprised at what came in um, 10th. What was 10th? Uh, Golf. Oh, golf. Oh, that's a stressful sport. Is it though? Oh, 100%. Are you kidding? Augusta. Hold on, right. 72nd, you know. It's the putting. The putting, okay. 72nd green tiger as well. So then what do we think is, and they didn't go past the top 10, what do we think could be a sport that is in 20th or 30th? Uh, I think badminton would be right up there. Just not an, stressful. Elite badminton. Not stressful at all. Oh, not think? stressful. Yeah, oh, like, like what's down the bottom of the list? Curling. People. <laughs> curling. Oh, I do actually. I find curling I'm with, I'm therapeutic with you there. to watch. I do love watching curling. It's, it's peaceful. The yeah. frantic brooming. Yeah, hundred percent. I like that. But I, I look, I I mentioned the cricket before. I'm being stressed during the Ashes. I love watching cricket, and I actually find that quite calming as well. I think it's the the, the sheer amount of green on the screen, and the, oh. the wide shots of yeah. the big oval, and lots of hedges. Lots of, and yeah, it's very sort of. Da, 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 da. <laughs> well, our, I, I would have thought track cycling is stressful. Yeah. Oh, track cycling is stressful. I know. Bradley McGee, one of our um, most decorated track cycling Olympians, friend of yeah. the show. Australian. Friend of the show. Uh, history, yeah, friend of the show. We had him on Talking All Things Caleb Ewan, if you recall. Of course. His mother, Carol, used to hang out with my mother, Carol and Jude, used yep. to turn their back on the cycling. They turned they their back on the track. They would go into the velodrome, but they would face the other way because it stressed them too much I to was watch stressed. what was going They had on. a little little drink in the empty, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm sorry, Jude. I'm sorry, Carol. And we're we not talking about a much, can of coffee, but are we? they no. did... Take water bottles in, like biddens. With vodka in them. Gin. Gin. Oh. <laughs> I'm 16 all over again and raiding yeah, the liquor But it cabinet. was a clear liquid and nobody at security ever stopped them. Did anyone uh, go, oh, Jesus. Well, no. Look, I, I think so. There you go. That's how the... Uh, Sorry, Carol. Sorry, Jude. Uh, we love you both, but uh, sometimes do. you just need to get by. I think that's how they manage the stress. But look, this, this top 10 list. Let's yeah. roll through it. Baseball? Yes. Ice hockey. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've been to a game of ice hockey and it was rather stressful. Basketball? Oh, yeah, yeah. I think because basketball... Okay, yeah, I can see it with basketball because of shot clocks. And because you can literally have a timeout with three seconds left on the clock and you're a point behind or you're two points behind. You have to hit a three or you have to hit a bucket to win in three seconds. All right, we've got that. Tennis is next. 
Sorry, I'm going to keep going here. 1998, Michael Jordan winning <laughs> shot for the Chicago Bulls. 5.2 seconds left on the clock. Look it up. Listen to it. It's, the commentator's going, nine, eight, seven. And the whole crowd's just like, oh, he's like, Jordan gets on Jordan in and out. Jordan, Jordan! <laughs> but if he misses that shot, whew, stress. I think welcome to the off-season here at the Wheelhouse. It is uh, off-season. This is such a meandering journey through the week. I love it. Um, we've got tennis in fourth. American football in fifth. Yes. Soccer in sixth. So- Put I'm higher, sorry, Matilda's, that yeah. goes higher. Yeah. Um, mixed martial arts yeah. is in seventh. Yeah. Um, to me, bones crunching, that's pretty high as well. Cycling, there we go, in eighth. Ninth is auto racing. Um, auto racing? Like F1, I guess. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That's such an American not way F1, to say it. Not F1 at auto the racing. moment because Verstappen is so far ahead of everyone else. And, then, uh, and, then, and then golf. Um, but the other you, you're information. You're not seeing golf, I'm are not you? not really. No, I mean, because my experience with golf and trundling around the golf course with my dad it was a very relaxing and oh, so i don't when i watch it i yeah i mean tiger I, I, okay tiger yeah. is two shots ahead he's hit a bogey <laughs> on the 17th he's putting for power on the 18th green i mean have you ever considered that you might need to get your anxiety looked at because you're finding watching sport a lot more stressful Catherine, than i am i don't think you understand <laughs> if he misses this part he loses and life goes on jacket <laughs> and life goes on the return to glory. That's one of the best bits of commentary ever. Okay, no, look, I, I agree on certain ones. I think football, get it right up the list. Formula One sometimes, but at the moment, get it down. But cycling, I think cycling has a pretty good place. I think we've seen a lot of demonstrations, even this year, of, uh, you know, antics and uh, certain, oh, I thought I'd won, but I hadn't won, and massive, massive battles through incredibly difficult terrain, accidents, you know, mechanicals at the worst possible time and i hate to say it as well but health like medical issues all that kind of thing it's pretty stressful it can be oh pretty yeah i agree stressful. with that i mean it, probably not too um surprising to know that cycling fans said the public speaking was more stressful for them yeah okay than watching um sport but it fell in between public speaking and a diy project oh that's like there's your context DIYs, that's right up there for me. What about uh, a grand tour comes down to the last stage of a time trial to win it? That's stressful. Yeah, that's that's stressful. Yeah, I mean, that's how Cadell Evans won his tour. Just just a a time trial on a wet surface. But that is that stressful stressful. for us or them? I'm stressed. I I hate to see them going going around those corners, going, slow down, hit the brakes. Okay. It's an interesting report, though. Maybe we need to do more of the riding and less of... Yeah, to balance it. I don't know. Yeah. Balance out the stress. Okay, no worries at all. It's Wheelhouse podcast, off season special. Maybe, uh, uh, <laughs> maybe lay off the cans of coffee. What do you is buy? My tip for the, the day: six cans of coffee that Kate has had today, and uh, you're running around, having a good time. I am. I'm How not fast. Can you run? Not very fast. Not as fast as Freddie Ovet, who uh-huh. uh, did the New York Marathon uh, in two hours and thirty seven minutes. That's pretty sharp. Uh, look, his father was an Olympic gold medalist in the 800 metres, so fair to say he's got some pedigree. He's got run blood. He's got some run blood. Yeah. Uh, but yes, that's another wonderful off-season uh, perk yep. for anybody you know really into the stats and the data is if you jump on Strava, you can follow them all doing little runs. Do, would you advise little running runs. for a cyclist? Like Good question. In my day, yeah. all we did was ride. Yeah. We really didn't do anything else. But also in my day, two out of three pro cyclists were already or pre or already osteoporosis. 
right? Bone density. Yeah. Well below average, brittle bones, setting yourself up for a broken hip when you're 50. So that's no good. No, not ideal. And what they've realized is that because cycling's not weight bearing, uh, it's really bad for bone health if you aren't walking, if you aren't weight bearing, if you aren't running, walking, doing weights, stuff like that. Okay. And so the old school thought of cyclists should just ride their bikes is kind of out the window now. Okay. And they're really encouraging uh, the athletes, especially to increase their bone health, because they know that still about two thirds of the male uh, peloton, their bone density is considered low. Right. Still. So a lack of impact yeah. is causing a yeah. great deal more risk. You don't risk. put enough stress on your bones yeah. when you're sitting on a weight protected yep. saddle uh, all day for the, the predominance of your training. Yeah. So they're getting out there more and more and they're, they're very good athletes. I mean, no surprise there. Well, but yeah, they, they go all surprisingly right. fast runners. Yeah, uh, for people who's because the cycling motion and the running motion is quite different. What was um, Freddie's marathon time? Yeah, two thirty-seven. Two thirty-seven. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yates has gone under three hours. Um, Van Art, Evenepoel, Roman Bardet, Kalmajan, they have all. Knocked these whopping times out of what, the park. What was out of interest? What was Wout's time? He didn't do a full marathon, so oh. I can't compare. But yet you found a reason to include him in your list. Yep. Yeah. Merksy, your thoughts on the Wout <laughs> inclusion of the week? I'll edit this bit out. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I know. I know. You, you, you thought Don't you'd you. got away with that one, then, didn't you? I did. I did. <laughs> but I, I will leave you with this. Yes. Tom Pidcock, feathers. Feathers. Love him. He uh, he has a Strava record. For a one, Biggest no, chip? for a five mile, okay, uh, that is apparently so fast, it's only a couple of seconds slower than the British record. Uh, it's now being challenged, so somebody has highlighted it and no. said to Strava, "We don't believe it." You're kidding? No. So I'll leave you with that thought. This. What week. happens if that gets Follow proven? That Does that story. spill over into his cycling integrity as well? Oh, I guess it would. Oh, yeah. Could I mean, that besmirch him? But it could be. It, look, it, it could be that mm. he had an Apple Watch on. Oh, true. It could have been. Like it could have been the auto pause. So you're not talking the Mexico City Marathon where he's like. No, no, no. Course. I'm talking okay. like a, an off-season training joint. Yep. Do you remember that story? No 11,000 people cheated yes, in the Mexico yes. City Marathon. They got on buses and yeah, stuff, like, didn't they? <laughs> no, just not very <laughs> subtle about it. Uh, excellent. Look, that's fantastic. I will be so interested go, to see how can. that goes. I hope Tom can get back onto Strava and drawing out those rocket ships before too long. A this five mile rocket ship. A five, <laughs> that's a lot of rocket ship. That's a lot of rocket ship. This is the Wheelhouse Podcast. Uh, my name is Joel Spreadborough. Your name is... Katerina Bartes. And Merxy's name is... Merxy! It's been such a pleasure. Um, this has been ridiculous. It's, it's, uh, this has been the most ridiculous episode we've ever had. I've had fun. I think I need more coffee from a can. As you can see, if you're watching, and if you're not watching, I'll describe it to you. We have a beautiful monitor here showing where mm. you can find us on all the socials and whatnot. Socials, uh, yes. Do that. Let everyone know how much fun we have here and how much Kate has enjoyed this episode. Uh, and we'll I be have. back to do it all again and next week. And I can't resist here in saying that next week is episode 69. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, <laughs>